Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card, issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch, subject to credit approval terms apply. Want to learn a new language? And who doesn't? Well, experience immersive lessons from the most trusted language app, Rosetta Stone. You know you keep telling yourself you want to learn a new language. The true accent feature even gives feedback on your pronunciation so you can speak the language like a native. Find lessons as short as 10 minutes, making it easy for you to learn anytime, anywhere. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Star Talk Radio listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash StarTalk today. This is StarTalk, a Things You Thought You Knew edition. We have three segments ready to roll. One of them is on Earth's core. We're going to follow that with tire pressure. And we're going to round this out with something we've all done before, but I don't know how much thinking you've ever put into it. And it's the art of making toast. No, it's the physics of making toast on Star Talk. Welcome to Star Talk, your place in the universe where science and pop culture collide. Star Talk begins right now. Chuck. Yes. Hey, man. People have been talking about Earth's core lately. It's been in the news. It's been in the news. Uh, yeah. Clearly, mm. it's slowing down or something. And now we all have, we have to wait for a scientist to get into a machine that will burrow to the center of the Earth. And uh, where, where the machine gets stronger as the as temperature, the temperature goes, goes up. As the temperature goes up, right? You know. Um, okay. Um, okay. And they might as well have, uh, uh, they, um, they might as well have found. Uh, Oh, what, what's the Wakanda metal? <laughs> oh, because <laughs> it's the same vibranium. Vibranium, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah they might, they might as well, might as well just be vibranium. Because okay, so Chuck, do you never leave your couch and watch movies? Is that what believe it or not? I don't even watch a lot of movies. I yeah, but you, you're good. You got yeah, your good fluency yeah, there. I get to yeah. I remember them all though. That's why I don't watch a lot. I can never get them out of my head. What's fun is. Uh, yes, the latest news is that the core is slowing down. Right. And so that means we're going to have to go there and speed it back. Yeah, no. exactly. <laughs> so let me just back up. I, I don't claim to be a, a geologist. Okay. And maybe we should do a whole show on this, I think, and bring in one of my geology colleagues, uh, geophysicist colleagues. But I know Earth is a planet. So let me speak of Earth the way an astrophysicist would speak of Earth. Okay. All right. So when planets form, they are not solid initially. Right. All right. They're first gaseous, and then with enough pressure, they might become liquid. But in any case, once a gravitational field is set up, then 
heavy things fall to the middle. Right. Because it's not solid yet. Right. Okay? Heavy things fall to the middle. And of all the available ingredients that are just hanging around in the formation of a star system, you get things like, you know, hydrogen and oxygen and silicon and nitrogen and carbon. Right. And you keep going. And as you get to the heavier elements in the periodic table, iron is very common in the universe and nickel. These ingredients are heavier mm -hmm. than silicon and oxygen and, and carbon. So they fall to the middle. Okay. And what floats on the top are light things like rocks. <laughs> okay, there you go. <laughs> we don't think of SiO2, silicon dioxide. That's a, that's a major active ingredient in rocks. We don't think of them as light. We think of rocks as heavy. Right. But they're the lightest thing going on Earth when Earth is forming. Okay. And they all float to the top. So our crust is made of light solid ingredients and everything below it is made of heavier ingredients. That's like, a, like a delicious metal pie. Metal pie, exactly. So nature pre-sifts the ingredients. And what's interesting is protoplanets that did this and then solidified, protoplanets might get slammed later on and their bits and pieces break into asteroids. Mm -hmm. So some asteroids are made of crustal material. Okay. Others are made of core material. Gotcha. So asteroids made of core material are pre-sifted heavy elements. Gotcha. Such as, like, like I said, iron and nickel, right. and gold, silver. Right. All these heavy elements are pre-sorted for you if you s select a metallic asteroid versus a rocky asteroid. Okay, now there's more of the rocky stuff than of the metallic stuff. So most asteroids are, are rocky. Some asteroids are metallic. And that's, how, that's what we have out there. So now we have Earth, which was thankfully not broken apart. It has retained its integrity. Okay? Oh, okay. By, by the way, there are transition zones where the metals are trying to descend mm -hmm. and the rocky stuff is trying to ascend. And by then, the Earth froze solidified, froze for its whatever the ingredients are, solidified, and it's stuck in place. And this is how you get like these, or what do you call these? Um, deposits? Th these loads, these deposits, right. okay? They can be trapped in places, frozen out from whatever was going on previously, all right? Nice. But the bulk of those materials have, been, have separated. Just gotcha. to make that clear. Okay, okay. so now, uh, Earth has retained heat from its past, Okay, and it's so it, from the formation heat, it is still trying to cool down. Right. All right. Mars is smaller than we are, and it, so it has more surface compared to its volume. You do the math on that; it turns out to be correct. And the more surface you have, the more you can radiate away your heat. Gotcha. That's why small animals, mammals, have to eat way more food than larger mammals relative to their body weight because they're radiating away their heat much faster. Right. Because the, the, if you look at their surface area compared to their volume, right? This is why babies need extra protection uh, for their body temperature to protect it. Okay. Uh -huh. so, so it's all, it's, it, we did a whole surface area thing. Uh, I remember. I was about ago. to say. All right. It relates to that. Okay. So we have, we have less surface area for our volume. It'll take us longer to cool. The consequences of this leftover heat 
is that we on the crust, which is cooled solid because it's touching the outer air, we are floating on this sort of plastic liquid mantle. Oh, the lake of fire. Okay, mm. and so we are floating, and that's how you get continental drift. And right. occasionally, that mantle can punch through, and you get a volcano. Nice. Okay? So you get earthquakes and volcanoes from a lot of this leftover heat. But let's keep going down. Okay. Down. And now the mixture in the earth is changing. Mm-hmm. And it is so hot, the iron has liquefied. So the outer core of earth is liquid iron. Damn. Okay? That's how hot it is. That's got to be hot. It's hot. It was, it's about as hot as the sun's surface. Basically. Whoa! Yeah, about 10,000 degrees. You'll, you'll melt iron, okay? Take that, Dante. <laughs> Hell hath no fury like Earth's core. How about That's that? That's right? Right. right. All right. So, yeah, Dante, you're referring to Inferno. Uh -huh. Which he describes the, the the descent into hell. That's right. Which, if you read that and believe it, yes, you would you would never commit a sin for the rest of your Ever. life. Ever, it's some pretty devastating. Yes, exactly. Of, all right. So where are we? So now we have this liquid outer layer. Okay. Well, why isn't it liquid all the way through? Because as you keep going further down, the pressure is so high that it's compactified into a solid. Look at that. Yes. So it's just as hot, but the pressure is so yes. great, it yes. will not allow it to melt. Yes. Oh my God. Yes. So you have a solid iron core, core. Center, center that's surrounded by a liquid, liquid. core outer. Okay. This Whoa. means the solid core is kind of independent of the rest of the planet. Yes. Because it's only a liquid. It's like lubrication even. It, if you yes. want to think about it that way. Oh, oh my God. It's like a lava lamp. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Chuck. It's exactly like a lava lamp. No, I don't. I forgot what. Lob, they have these blobs. Yeah, they got the blobs in there. Yeah, through yeah. It. Right, right, yeah, right. Exactly. Okay. But go ahead. Okay. So, by the way, how do we know all this? You can say, have you been there? How do you right, know? Right. Exactly. Let me hear it. Let me hear right. it. So, how do you know all this? Like, you've been to the center of the earth? Kind of with our pressure waves. Yes. Ooh. Oh. For yeah. every earthquake, uh -huh. once you find the epicenter, mm -hmm. which is not too hard, you can triangulate on it. As long as you have earthquake sensors scattered around the world, you can time how long it takes that signal to reach you. Mm -hmm. In so doing, you can infer the interior structure of the Earth because different materials will transmit those waves at different rates than other materials. So the interior becomes the medium. And then Correct. You're, and then you're measuring the wave as it moves through the medium, and that allows you to, Correct. to get and the you information. Can, you can learn if there are edges between sharp boundaries between one medium and another. Right. Occasionally, you can have a wave that reflects off of a surface. Right. It's a very complex map that you make from all of these signals when they're done. And it's not just earthquakes. You know what else gives you these data? Underground nuclear tests. Oh, wow. And those are especially valuable. Right. Geophysically, because you know exactly where the test occurred. Right. So there's no there's less uncertainty in where where the epicenter is. Mm. You and hear so, that, North Korea? We're on to you. <laughs> so 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 you add up all these data and you can reconstruct what the center of the earth, or what the entire structure of the earth 
would be like. Wow. Okay, without ever having gone there. That's amazing. Yeah, and these are pressure, basically sound waves as they yeah, go through. Yeah, exactly. Okay? That's crazy. Pre pressure wave. Yeah, so it's pretty cool. That is. It's pretty cool. And by the way, it doesn't reflect too often could forever because it, it slowly damps out and then you have no signal at all. Right. But there's enough, these things are huge deposits of energy when they occur and the earthquakes and the like. And so it's enough energy to make it through Earth and back so that you can, but again, you need sensors, otherwise it's a waste, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay, seismometers basically is what you need. Okay, so another thing we know from physics that moving electrical charges create magnetic fields. Right. Okay. Faraday first noticed this. Mm -hmm. Okay. He, uh, and vice versa. Okay. So, so, so you can move a charge. There's a magnetic field that's created around it. You can take a, take a charge um, move it in a magnetic field, and the magnetic field will induce a current in the wire. So, so Faraday did this. So he had a magnetic field, took a wire, moved the wire through the magnetic field, and, and an amp meter moved, a needle moved, because current was introduced into the wire. That's how electricity is made today. Exactly. It's right. what a turbine is, all right? You're moving wires through a magnetic field, creating a current. Okay. Wow. And with, uh, with power plants... Everything about a power plant is so that you can sit there and move wires through a magnetic field. So that's so amazing. It's it's such a simple, simple concept. It's a simple concept, and that's and just when Faraday been scaled up to this huge scaled up, form. It's it amazing. Feeds the civilization. When Faraday first demonstrated this, and there's a, just a little meter, he's like, "That's cute, Michael. Okay, what's right. Michael been doing today? Yeah, All right, so there's a little meter. That's a nice <laughs> toy." Right. And there's a famous quote, maybe apocryphal, when asked of when he asked for more funding, and he says, "Of what value is this to the British Crown and and the British Empire?" And he said, "I don't know, sir, but one day you will tax it." <laughs> it's, that's wow! Just, that's how you make electricity. All right, but let's get back to the Earth. That so, is also how you talk to any government anywhere. Yes, yes, yes. If you're a scientist and an inventor, yes. So, you have this liquid layer. If you have a liquid layer, then the iron can move within that liquid. And iron is an electrical conductor, as we've known since childhood, with the iron filings on the on the, on the, magnet, on the magnets. On the sheet okay? of paper. Yeah. So when you have elect, uh, uh, these um, uh, electrons provided by the iron moving, it creates a magnetic field, and that is the origin of Earth's magnetic field. There you go. That's, that's the origin. That's super cool. Okay, and it's something called a dynamo phenomenon, where you have this circulation, and this continues. And by the way, as is true for the sun and in many astrophysical objects, the dynamo runs a course of life okay. where it gets stronger, then it gets weaker, and then it gets stronger again, but with the opposite polarity. No, I'm we, like a phoenix, baby. Oh, so we have evidence from iron that has been spewed forth from volcanoes that then solidified in place, capturing the magnetic field at the time that the iron that the field was laid. And we see evidence every several hundred thousand years of the of the magnetic field of Earth flipping. Back and forth. 
Oh, look at that. So that's on a cycle, okay? The sun's magnetic field flips on an 11-year cycle. Look at that. Okay, sun has an 11-year cycle, and every 11 years it gets strong, uh, uh, high, more luminosity and less luminosity. But every 11 years it'll do the same thing, but with the, with the poles reversed. So okay. Re okay. Okay, so now let's get back to this. The core basically rotates with the surface of the Earth. Okay. But occasionally we'll rotate a little faster. All righty. Slow down, slap, and then a little slower. Okay. All right. So we're all comparing it relative to we on the surface. And the recent measurements showed that the solid core of the Earth was trailing behind Earth's surface. Earth, wait up! Right up, right. <laughs> so presumably, <sighs> this has always been happening. It's not like right. there's something new, but there's a, there's a periodicity of this that they're estimating to be about 70 years, where it'll slow down, uh, uh, catch up again, overtake us, slow, and, and, and then return. So, so these measurements are affirmations that the core has its own sort of rhythms inside the liquid iron within the rest of the Earth that's rotating around it. All I know is this whole thing was worth it just to hear the word periodicity. Oh, Oh. That, I mean, I don't know where we, you pulled we, that we one We use from. that word all the time. Oh, That's my right. God. Yeah, the, the rhythms of the universe, uh, it, to find them, we track their periodicity. Oh, look at Let me tell you something. Um, if you gave that to, like, um, you know, the people like Always and Stay Free and all, they, they would love you because that that's a beautiful word. Oh, don't stop. <laughs> I'm telling you right now. <laughs> You will, you're talking you, about feminine products on yes, television. Yes, I'm ads. saying like that's you what know, you're talking there, about. There's so much, there's so much like stigma yeah, unnecessarily and, and attached euphemistic terms. to those. Yeah, yeah, and then, yeah. Right, right. But instead, it's just like, um, hi, yes, I'm, I'm going to need um, some periodicity products. Thank you. <laughs> and I'm, I'm totally cool with that. Okay, all right, thank you, Chuck. Mom, send me to the store to get your periodicity stuff. <laughs> okay, all right. So Go anyway, ahead. so we're still trying to figure out what it means that we have this 70-year cycle. Uh, in the center of the Earth. Right. But right now, Earth's magnetic field is weakening. Okay. And, but we still, it's not, it's not going to go away in anybody's lifetime, so nothing, I uh, wouldn't worry about it. Right. Um, and by the way, there's no, there's no evidence of extinction when the, the, the magnetic field went to zero and then went back up when it flips. There's no, so because people say, well, the, the magnetic field is protecting us from the dangerous yes, rays of yes. the sun. Right. And, and, and maybe, but whatever damage it caused, there's, it's not even a blip in the in the fossil right. record. So yeah. everybody's going to be okay. Care. The right. fish are underwater. They don't. The particles don't hit them ever. Right. So fish don't give a. They don't care. Everybody's fine except Harold. He was in the wrong place at the wrong time. <laughs> Harold, we're sorry. Harold, <laughs> what? That is totally a fish name. <laughs> the, the clueless the fish. Clueless named fish. Harold. That is Harold. so. The name got, of the clueless. Who fish. got fried when the poles flipped? <laughs> <laughs> That's what you get for trying to use those legs. That you should. <laughs> you should have stayed in the ocean. You should stay in the ocean, Harold. <laughs> Any time to evolve yet? All right, we got to end it there, Chuck. Uh, so that's right. my little bit, but we, I'd like to hear this all from the, the mind and the, the brain of a, of a geologist. So we'll try to do a whole show on that. Yeah, it's all fascinating. I love it. You I got love it. it. We got to take a quick break, but when we come back, more things you thought you knew. 
We're going to be talking about tire pressure. Sleep, grocery shopping, themselves, just a few things working moms seldom have time for. And during tax season, you can add taxes to their list. So for all you working moms, make the easy switch to H&R Block and have an expert make easy work of your taxes. H&R Block guarantees your taxes are 100% accurate and your max refund or your money back. Plus, with their no surprise guarantee, you'll always know the price of your tax prep before you begin. You can even have an H&R Block tax pro do your taxes in a block office or online from the comfort of your own home. Can your current tax guy promise all that? When you're buried under life's to-dos, let the experts at H&R Block stay on top of your taxes with a return that's right on the money and your biggest refund possible. Because tax season after tax season, it's better with Block. Make an appointment at hrblock.com. All tax situations are different. Not everyone gets a refund. Limitations apply. Descriptions of benefits and details at hrblock.com slash guarantees. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Whether you're a family vacation traveler, business tripper, or long weekend adventurer, Choice Hotels has a stay for any you. And that's good, because there are a lot of me's. Choice Hotels has over 7,400 locations and 22 brands, including Comfort Hotels, Radisson Hotels, and Cambria Hotels. Get the best value for your money when you book with Choice Hotels. Cambria Hotels feature locally inspired hotel bars with specialty cocktails and downtown locations in the center of it all. Hey, that's me. Radisson Hotels have flexible workspaces to get the most of your business travel and on-site restaurants. That's me, too. And at Comfort Hotels, you'll enjoy free hot breakfast with fresh waffles, great pools for the entire family, and spacious rooms. Hey, that's me, too. I guess I'm just going to have to stay at all of them. Choice Hotels has a stay for any of you. Book direct at choicehotels.com, where travel comes true. Hey, I'm Roy Hill Percival, and I support StarTalk on Patreon. Bringing the universe down to Earth, this is StarTalk with Neil deGrasse Tyson. Welcome back to StarTalk, Things You Thought You Knew, Segment 2. Chuck, we're going to talk about tire pressure. All right. Are you are you, are you ready okay. for tire pressure? I'm, I'm really not. <laughs> <laughs> but this is good. Um, I, you know, where? Hey, listen. I feel like this at this point. You know, uh, we done paddled out. It's time to ride the wave. That's the way I feel. <laughs> we're out there. Just let's do it. We're, Bring it on. That, we're out Bring here. Bring it on. You say tire pressure. I'm like, it's, you got to be zen enough to go ahead and jump up. It's time to get up and, and, and surf this wave. All right. That's let's all. do it. So tire pressure. First of all, if you have a tire with, quote, no air in it, of course there's air in it because there's the atmospheric air is in it. Okay? And atmosphere has its own pressure. And this is the weight of a column of air from Earth's surface all the way up to the edge of the atmosphere. If you had found, found a way to weigh this, we, I think we might have talked about this in another explainer, but if you, 
if you have like one square inch or one square anything, but one square inch and have weigh that column of air, it will weigh 14.7 pounds. Okay. Nice. And the way air works, fluids work, is that pressure, I would say, yes, it's sitting on the scale, but that pressure manifests in every direction because the molecules are mm -hmm. vibrating in every direction. So, right. so right now I have 14.7 pounds per square inch on one side of my hand and on the other above, bottom, and, and, and so everything's all equaled out. At, and so I don't even rest. notice it. That's why you're not getting crushed by your 14 pound Correct. air. It just every, doesn't make a Correct. difference. Because it's pushing down on you and, and pushing, pushing up. up. It's even and Whereas if I have a suction cup and I right. press out the air that would mm -hmm. otherwise be balancing it, if I press it out. Yeah. So now I say lift up the suction cup. You say, I can't. It's sucking well, me down. No, it's not. Why can't you pick up the suction? 14.7 pounds. Per square inch pressing per down. Per square inch is, is pushing, pushing it down. It. It's really not sucking Yes, uh, suction cups don't suck. They, they don't suck. <laughs> they got a bad rap for so long. They don't suck. Okay. <laughs> they don't suck. <laughs> so if you had 10 square inches of area on, this, on the suction cup, I can ask you right. how much force would it take to pull the suction cup off the surface? So I got to go 10 square inches times 14.7 pounds yeah. per, and then push back in that opposite direction. Okay, and that gets you 147 pounds. So if you can pull 147 pounds or more, it pops right up. You or you could cheat off. and pop open a little curl oh. in the edge. And, and, and then let nature... Air slips in and then it just comes off. So that you, right. you let nature help you out. Okay, so the point is, if you fill a tire mm -hmm. to what we call 10 pounds per square inch, that's 10 mm -hmm. pounds on top of the air pressure that's already in there. That's all I'm saying. Right. All right. So right. first of all, just lay that out. All right. So now, cool. have you noticed, or perhaps not, that on bicycle tires, the mm -hmm. thinner, the skinnier the tube, yes. the what? The less air you should keep putting in it <laughs> once it gets hard because it will pop. Okay. I'm telling okay. you. But from experience, okay? <laughs> okay, if you look at the ratings of thin tires, in essentially every case, depending on what they're made of, but the, the, in every case, they have a higher pounds per square inch rating than the bigger tires. Okay? Yeah. Higher. Okay. Period. I don't. I didn't yes, know that. To yes. Be honest. Okay. So now watch. I, I, this is this is the first I'm ever hearing. Okay. Because you never you got to pay attention. Okay. Well, no. I'm gonna tell you why. Because I come from the times when you would fill your tire, and then you just push down on it, and if you can actually push it and flatten it, you're like, now put some more air. Oh, that was how okay. you measured. That's yeah. how you measured. And then once you couldn't do that, you'd be like, all right, it's, it's time. time to go. Yeah, yeah, you want to use a gauge, okay? <laughs> right, exactly. All right. Yeah. So, and the gauge is calibrated to not count air pressure, all right? So that's how right. they work. All right, so now watch. Here you go. So, um, the pounds per square inch equals the pounds per square inch of your tires in contact with the road, okay? You sitting on your bicycle, and the bicycle has tires, and the tires are in contact with the road, 
obviously, the heavier you, heavier you are, the flatter the tire is going to look. Okay, we, sure. we, okay, you know this. Well, yeah. Why does the tire flatten if you're heavier? Why, why does it do that? I'm going to tell you why. Because at okay. all times, the uh -huh. pressure inside the tire per mm. square inch times the square inches of tire in contact with the road has to equal your weight plus the weight of the bicycle. At all times. Wow. At all times. Okay. Okay. <sighs> so. So. Okay. All right. So, if I have a big tire, like a kid's tire, okay? What, if mm -hmm. I have one of those kind of tires, and it's huge, it, it might take 30 pounds per square inch. That's not uncommon, okay? 30, 20 to 30 pounds per square inch. And there's a square inch of it in contact in the back and a square inch in contact with the front, add those up, it is holding up 60 pounds. That could be the weight of the bicycle plus the weight of the kid. Okay, mm -hmm. you put a heavy kid on there, the bicycle has to hold up more weight against the air pressure in the tires. So the, the tires flatten a little more, adding more surface area. Okay? Right. Adding more area. So that now you go, go the air pressure times the, the, the square inches in touch with the ground, and now that'll equal mm -hmm. the weight of the heavier kid. Okay, so I, I'm heavy, all right? I'm 260 pounds right now, okay? All right. Okay. So now, I ride a bicycle with very narrow tires. The air pressure in those tires is 130 pounds per square inch. 130 pounds, okay? Per tire. So watch what happens. I, I deflate it to that amount. And those tires will flatten to slightly more than a square inch per tire. Because it's my weight plus the weight of the 22-pound bicycle. It's got to hold up 280 pounds. So right. it's going to flatten slightly more than a square inch on each. And that is my, that is my tire. Okay? okay. So, so farm tractors have huge tires. Right. Huge tires. In that way, they put relatively low air pressure in them. That way, when the tires wow. roll over the crops, it does ah. minimal damage. Right. Because you're not digging, you're not digging in. in. It's you don't need that. The pressure. Okay. Brilliant. You can still hold up the tractor. If you, right. if you get enough area coming down. Otherwise, you'd be leaving deep tracks in the road, and you can't have that. Not in your farm. Oh, it's like dune buggies. They all have big, giant, wide, like, balloon tires. But so, so, well, that one is to increase traction on sand, okay? Yeah, but they don't dig into but, the sand. But they I'm don't saying. dig into they the don't... sand, correct. And so, so tire pressure is all about how much weight are you holding up. And they will tell you in your car, if you're going to carry a heavy load, increase the right. air pressure in your tires. So that your tires don't flatten out. Okay? Right. If you increase the pressure from, let's say, uh, you know, 35 pounds to 45 pounds per square inch, that gets you extra support in all of your tires. In a typical car, you know, how wide is a, is a tire? You know, it might be a foot, you know, nine inches. 20, 18 inches is a typical tire. No, no, not across? 
Yeah. What are you, what are you riding 18s. the Indy 500? What? <laughs> 18 inches? Are you, yeah, yeah, okay. All right. I'll give it to you. I don't know. I mean, we're, we're both city people, so I don't, you know. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, I I drive an SUV, though. Oh, so okay, fine. They're sitting on fine, 18s. Fine, fine. It's there an SUV. Okay. So, yeah, you, you said car, Excuse and I'm, me, I'm really Mr. not SUV. Okay, fine. I yeah. said, so a car might yeah. be that. And it's not electric, and I'm I'm very ashamed. But I'm buying an electric car. So I know you already but, have So one, eventually, but yeah, I'm, yeah. All right. I'm late. So here's game, what you do. But, you can do yeah. this experiment at home. Go look at Please. how much of your tire is touching the ground. Measure nice. that, okay? Front mm -hmm. to back and then across the width. So you'll get two measurements. It might be like five inches uh, front to back, flattening on the ground. And then mm -hmm. measure the, the width of the tire. Multiply those numbers by each other. That's the square inches per tire. Multiply that by four, and that's going to give you the weight of your car. Get out yes. of here. That's pretty yes. wild. I mean, that makes sense just from what you just Correct. said. Uh, there's only one What's problem. That? I do not give a damn how much my car weighs. <laughs> Chuck, do it for science. Okay. Oh, I will do it for science. You should get somewhere between, you're an SUV, somewhere between 1,500 pounds and a ton, 2,000, something like that. Okay. That makes and, sense. But all just by measuring the square inches. So, oh, oh, sorry. You have to know what your tire pressure is first. Okay. Right. Yeah. And then get your That's square on the inch That's in the sidewall, or or maybe if you're a modern car, it tells you on the on the yeah they can tell you on, on the, the dashboard. dashboard. And so you got four tires and get the area. So it's front to back in contact, and then the width. Multiply those two numbers, then multiply by four. There you and multiply by your air pressure. That's the weight of your car, and that's the weight. And of so your you car. it's a, it's a right. way to weigh your car without going to a scale, because your that's your tires cool. are doing it all by themselves. And now uh, all I need to do is figure out the calculation to um, put uh, Aunt Gail and Uncle Daryl in the back seat. That, that's a different um, calculation. So it'll either flatten the tires some more. So then the car is giving itself a way to hold them up. Or you increase the air pressure so that at the same area in contact with the ground, it holds them up. Okay? That's what, yeah, and that's generally true. they tell you to increase the air pressure because it's better for gas right. mileage and things. Yeah. Right on. All right, you got it, dude. I love it. That's cool. There's math and everything in the world. It really is. I got to tell you, I, I I was worried when you said time okay. pressure. <laughs> I, I really was. I was worried, man. <laughs> we got to take a quick break. But when we come back, Chuck and I are going to talk about the physics of toast on Star Talk. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the Metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly... Patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. 
Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. We're back. Star Talk. Things You Thought You Knew edition. Segment three. Chuck, we're going to talk about the physics of making toast. Okay. <laughs> All right. I'm just <laughs> I'm so, just saying. You know, sometimes when you bring these up, man, I feel like you just, like you punk at me. You know what I no. mean? Because like, I'm like, I'm just like, let me let me just see if I, what I can get Chuck to go along with. You know? the astrophysics yeah, of making like, toast. You know, it's like, because, you know, it's like Neil deGrasse Tyson, right? World-renowned scientist and science communicator. Chuck, I, I'd love to talk to you about something scientifically relevant. Oh, Neil, please okay. do tell. Let's talk toast. What? <laughs> All right, toast. so here's the deal. Okay. All right, and I don't know if you ever paid attention to what's going on inside a toaster. Okay. All right? Listen. But it's, it's fascinating. I have smoked a lot of weed. <laughs> I have been high out of my mind. I have never looked at the toaster and went, I wonder what's going on in there. All <laughs> right. Here's the thing. Okay. Here's the thing. A toast, if you're going to toast fresh bread. Okay. Okay. It will spend most of its time in the toaster, most of the time, not browning. Okay, and is this fresh white bread? Because that would make sense. (laughs) 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 Yes, it's easier to see the browning on white bread. So this is a white bread example. Well, can you blame it? Because let's be honest, in bread society, you know, white bread has it the best. They got the best. Why would I want to give up? But the seven-grain blended model yes. is coming along. Okay. I so here's the thing. And let me tell you something. Pumpernickel, there goes your property values in the bread box. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot all about pumpernickel. That's some dark-ass bread right there. Tell me right now. <laughs> okay. Some, so, oh, go ahead. Never mind. I'm about, <laughs> I'm about to get us in trouble. I'm going to stop. All right. So if you, if you observe the bread yes. most of the time, 90% of the time, I didn't know exactly, but it's very high percent of the time it's in the toaster. It doesn't change color at all. Oh, my God. Okay. Because it can't change color as long as it's moist. Okay. Because the highest temperature you can heat the bread is 212 degrees, and that's not hot enough to toast the bread. I got you. I mean that really does make sense. It's like it's like trying to start a fire with green uh, kindling. You can't. Right. You can't. You can't. Do In it. fact, if if you put a green log on an already established fire, right. the log is not going to ignite. You know what's going to happen? It's going to hiss out uh, all the moisture yeah. for the next hour. Yep. All right. Because the log can't get hotter than the highest temperature that water can get. And the water that's in the log tops out at 212 degrees. So you're going to have a 212-degree log until there's no water left. That's cool. And then it'll ignite. That's right. Oh, wow. Okay. 
So your toast in the toaster, if you keep looking at it, it is going to be your white toast. It's going to be white and white and white. And what the heat is doing, it's like, get out of there, you water molecules. Right. Get out, get out. And it's only doing it to the top edge, not to the middle, mm -hmm. because the heat is only hitting the top, the yeah. outer edges, right? right. So, so the heat so. is like uh, uh, the Black Toast Matters movement. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Chuck, you you need race counseling, okay? I think you. Yeah. <laughs> all right, so, so go ahead. All right, so once all of the moisture on that outer edge of the bread has evaporated, right? It can now toast the bread that, by by uh, breaking apart the, the 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 bread molecules, the proteins, and the and the carbohydrates, revealing the carbon. The carbon is black. Okay, mm -hmm. if you leave the bread in too long, it's completely black. All right, but you have all this golden tip. That all happens in like the last minute that your toast is in there because it took all the rest of that time to heat up the water and evaporate it. That is pretty doggone cool, to be honest. And I, I got a little excited when you said that because I've never considered it. However, I don't have a toaster. I have... A um, a toaster oven. I don't use. Okay, so okay, so in in the oven, right. any oven, if you're going to use a broiler, right, the same thing, same thing. You, put the, you you layer the bread exactly, and you check and you check in it, That's and you right. check in it, and you say hey, it's not making progress. Let me go away for five minutes. No, because the moment the moisture is gone, that sucker browns in instance. Okay, so it's not a linear. It's not a linear phenomenon. No, it's kind of like if, if it were a graph, it would bump along the bottom, and then Correct. all of a sudden it shoots straight up almost. You yeah, know? almost straight up. Almost straight Correct. up. So, uh, and I know this because uh, just the other day, when you, it's so weird now, I can't believe that I'm recalling this. I said, What's taking this toast so damn long? You can't say that. <laughs> <laughs> and then I turned. I went into the refrigerator. I pulled out some butter and uh, um, fig spread. Mm -hmm. And I went back, and the toast was brown. <laughs> there, there it is. So that is so wild. You, you lived this experience. I lived it's, this experience. That's it's, it's, it's also why you can um, boil water in a paper cup. Okay. Okay, and I've done this experiment many times. So, so wait, you, yeah, I mean, yeah, you just drop the paper cup inside the pot of boiling water, okay? And you now no, 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 that's that's not what it. No, so you can you can take a paper cup, and you have to be careful about this because some paper cups have rims on the bottom, yes. that are not actively touching the water on the inside. That will burn, okay? But if you have a wide enough bottom and you have like a Bunsen burner, remember these? I remember. And you you put the flame on the paper cup in the bottom. If the paper cup has water in it. What is the hottest temperature the paper can get? The temperature of the of water. water. Okay, and so it'll sit there and boil the water. And it'll keep boiling the water until all the water evaporates. Then your paper cup burns. This is why it's so hard to burn someone at the stake. You think, oh, let me just ignite you. This is very medieval here. Let's put you on the stake and just ignite you. You can't just ignite, okay? You have all this liquid in you. Right, the real, the real reason why this is very difficult to do is because we have laws against that now. <laughs> That's why. <laughs> That's the real reason. That's the actual reason. It's difficult. Thank you. Let me get out of my medieval. <laughs> so what they would do, especially the Catholic Church, to make sure you would burn, that sometimes they would burn you upside down 
and that way um, will control the blood, or the blood would drain, and as the blood drains, then you have no liquid left in you and you burn faster. Oh. Or you can burn in other directions where you retain the blood because if you don't want the blood to come out, there's some other religious ritual where the, the whole person has to be burned, including their blood. But then the blood has to still evaporate oh. before any... So you'll die before that happens, of course. But in terms of igniting the body, yeah. you know thing. Yeah. it just doesn't simply happen that way. And this is sped up if you have fast-moving air, hot air across... The, the food. Yes. This this is like a wind heat factor. Mm -hmm. The opposite. We have a we have a, a, a an explainer on wind chill factor and wind heat factors. Yes. Okay. Because if it's cold and the wind is blowing, you feel colder. Colder. Right. If it's hot and the air that's blowing is hotter than your skin temperature, you'll feel hotter. Right. Okay. So if you put food in, let's say, an air fryer. Yes. What does that mean? Okay. So they are going to brown your food fast because they're moving hot air across and they're evaporating any possible moisture on that surface. And the faster the wind goes, the faster you'll evaporate it and the faster you can get to the browning. Can't live without an air fryer. I'm sorry. It's amazing. Yep. They're wonderful. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they, they're really air toasters. Yes. <laughs> because, uh, you know, unless the, the, the surface is sprinkled with oil and then the oil will fry the... You know, you can heat the oil. So you're you're still oil frying, but you're using air to heat the oil to fry the food. Right. But if it didn't have any oil, it's just a fast toaster. Uh, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you mean I spent $400 on a toaster? Yes, you did. Yeah, yes, yes, you, you did. did. <laughs> you did indeed. <laughs> so that, that's everything you wanted to know about toast and why it's not a linear process. Well, that was fun. I'm oh, and what don't you do? Ooh, ooh, ooh. Go do you can do this experiment. Okay. Take a take a slice of bread. Okay. Let, leave it out until it just gets hard. A little crusty. Okay. Right. Just leave it out. Just leave it out. Okay. We'll get crusty. It'll just get get hard. Yeah. It's no longer squishy. And then you have another one that's squishy that you just took out of the bag. Okay. They're both at the same temperature. Right. Okay. They're, now put them both in the in your in your toaster oven. We're both in the toaster. And the one that had the, the lost moisture will toast 10 times faster. Okay. Oh, yeah. Oh, there you go. So, yeah, and it, it's already on its way to being toast. So that, That's right. Yeah. <laughs> you leave it out. <laughs> well, why do you keep leaving the bread out? I'm toasting the bread, man. I'm toasting the bread. I'm toasting Pre-toasting. It's a pre-toast. And one other thing, a reminder of how surface deep the color is. Okay. Because it's only what that sort of radiative energy can touch. And anything's behind anything else. It's not seeing your toaster thing, all right? So, a reminder of that is if you happen to burn the toast, right? you just take a bread knife or, or a knife, not, you know, a knife and scrape off mm -hmm. the black. Right. And then there's like this, and you can, you can salvage right. many a burnt toast that way. Or and, you could just accept the fact that it is black and enjoy it for its beautiful <laughs> blackness. You could do that as well. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Chuck totally, uh, definitely needs race therapy. Know, We're going to work I on know. it. I know. I can't help it. <laughs> so, I, so maybe that's more than you ever care to know about making toast. No. I just thought I'd put that. The, the thermodynamics of toasting. 
That is awesome. We got a title. It is. It's just that the thermodynamics of toasting. This, okay, this, of, yeah, toast. Yeah, of toast. Yeah, and so and the and the and the takeaway here is, however long you're staring at the unbrowned toast, let that not be the measure of how much longer you have to wait. Yes, I know this firsthand. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, you got it. All right, that's all we had time for, Chuck. Oh, that was great. That was great. That was great. That was yet another edition of Things You Thought You Knew from Star Talk. Chuck, always good to have you. I'm Neil deGrasse Tyson, your personal astrophysicist, as always, bidding you to keep looking up. Everything is changing so fast. I mean, back in my day, we were lucky if we could get one video to load. But now with the Xfinity 10G network, you can power a house full of devices at once with ultra-low lag. The future starts now. Restrictions apply. Actual speeds vary and not guaranteed. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.